Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Dr. France Mies Kingsbury. She holds a doctorate in educational leadership from North Carolina State University. She holds a North Carolina superintendent's license. She's got a bachelor's degree from UNC, CH, and later earned a master's of school administration degree also from the same uh, organization. She is an adjunct assistant professor there, uh, has served as an elementary and middle school teacher, and as an assistant principal. This girl is like all things education people, okay? I'm just saying, <laughs> just saying. Uh, Dr. Kingsbury is a motivational speaker and preacher with a mission to evoke and reveal beauty in nature and to bring healing to others by challenging and inspiring them through creative and prophetic expression. She and her husband, Hassan Kingsbury, Esquire, were founders and pastors of a church for 10 years. She currently resides in Wake Forest with her husband and two children. Uh, you could find her at Dr. F. Kingsbury.com, Dr. F. Kingsbury.com. France Mies, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? <laughs> Thank you for having me, Joseph. Um, as you know, my name, as you can hear, my name is unique. Um, I am of Haitian descent. My parents are both Haitian and I'm from New Jersey. Um, and Basically, at home, we were Haitian, and then when we went out in the world, I was an American. So that was interesting. Now, listen, Jersey way. can barely be called American, okay? Because I'm from New York, all right? And oh. we just, that's how we saw it back then. I'm just playing with you. Um, the, for anyone outside the country listening, there's a little rivalry between New York and New Jersey. New York is obviously better, but oh. whatever. <laughs> Just I saying. don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. So, uh, France Mies, uh, go ahead and share something personal about you uh, that very few people in your business life actually know. Uh, let's see. Uh, I would love to be a children's book writer. I would really love to do that. Really? I don't think I've told anyone that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What, type, what would you write about? Um, you know, I probably would write books, um, maybe about grief, like for children, you know, how to deal with grief and or for uh, children of color. Got it. 
All right, BC Nation, put your hands up right now, even though I can't see you, but put your hands up if you think that's a really great idea and France Me should kick herself in the boot and <laughs> get that going, right? Dealing with grief for kids, are you kidding me? Of course, yeah. like kids grieve, man, and they don't know where to bring it. That's right. They don't know where to bring their grief and their loss. Um, and unfortunately, they take it out to the world and the world is a terrible place. Uh, to grieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into our conversation today. Um, a lot of people are grieving. A lot of people have lost um, people in their lives recently. Yeah. In this pandemic. Uh, they've lost um, positions in their life, jobs, careers. They've lost titles, um, status, uh, you know, things they've worked for, uh, their whole life, things they've accumulated, they've lost, um, they've lost incomes. So many things we lose, they've lost relationships. Some willfully, right? Maybe you had a, a friend in your life during this political campaign that all of a sudden started acting out really weird Mm. and got all hostile, like, and you're like, yo, Like you can't be coming at me with all that hate just because we have a different political view. And Mm. sometimes you got to set that person free from your life. Don't you? Yeah. I know I have cleaned out a lot of my Facebook friends uh, for that specific reason, just how they show up Um, rather than building bridges, they build walls and that's, there's no place for that in my life anymore. So I know you can relate to that friends. Me. So speak to us about where in your life, and we'll touch on it briefly. Um, have you experienced grief or loss uh, during this pandemic or prior to? Um, and just kind of tell us that story really quickly, would you? Sure. Um, in 2000, 2010, I lost my uh, daughter, Amira. Uh, and at the time, she didn't have a diagnosis. But um, most recently, I lost my youngest daughter, Kellen, um, in March of this pandemic. Um, and we found out in 2017 that she had a rare genetic disease called Neiman Pixie. And in trying to find a diagnosis for her, um, we were able to um, test Amira cells that were being held um, in Colum- at Columbia um, and determined that that was what she actually had. Wow. Yeah. So just to clarify, you've lost two of your daughters in sure. what time frame? Um, over a 10 year period. I mean, I, yeah. I have, uh, let's see, I've also miscarried too, but yeah. my daughter, Amira, she died in 2010. Uh, she was four and a half. And then my youngest daughter uh, is a tw- was a, she's a twin. Um, she passed away in March at the age of uh, five and a half. Yeah. Mm. I just had a baby girl, right? Mm-hmm. Seven months old uh, during the pandemic. And what you're talking about really hits home here. How did you and your husband um, process that grief and loss? What did you do with it specifically? You know, Joseph, it, it, grief is one of those things that, you know, if people have not really experienced it. And, and I guess because of the pandemic, more people than then maybe normal. I don't know what's normal anymore, but would um, 
have been able to have have felt this right but it, it's one of those things that kind of hits you and so no matter no matter how much time has elapsed you know it can be really fresh you know so we have um, one thing clung to to the lord but to each other also you know sometimes uh, people can you know their marriages may break up afterwards because they don't know you know that it's you know just so many emotions and they kind of grow apart but we intentionally made sure that we supported one another, you know, and then um, it took about five years for me to go to counseling, but counseling has been very, um, very important, you know, mm. very significant for me. Um, and when I finally went, you know, I just was at that place where I, I told my counselor, I'm like, please give me some strategies because I don't want to grieve the way I have on the anniversary of my child's death, you know, at the time mm-hmm. that I went or, and or birthdays can be hard too. So um, just being able to, to talk through different things. And both of us have, um, I guess, found process through writing, I guess, processed through writing. And for me being uh, more creative um, and, sh- and eventually sharing that it took seven years to share, you know, mm-hmm. to write the poetry book that I wrote, but um, and then most recently I've been blogging. So, mm, so cool. So two things I hear from you there is the way you processed your grief. Uh, the first thing you did is that you didn't isolate yourself, uh, in grieving from your husband. Um, right. rather you, you both came together and grieved as one flesh, right. Which you are right in the yeah. eyes of God as married yeah. couple. And, and I think that's so important that you highlighted that. Um, because many of us, we will uh, just you know, separate ourselves from our spouse and feel like we're the only one hurting right. when, we, when we lose a child or, or someone close to us. And it's actually a double punishment for our spouse because right. now they didn't just lose a child, but they lost their, their wife or their husband as well. Right. Like yeah. it's a double grieving and a double loss. And that sometimes can break a person. So yeah. Yeah, I really get that. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. All right. So, France Meese, um, you shared how you brought your grief uh, and your loss to your husband with, with him, and you guys shared in that. And then you sought counseling. Why did it take so long for you to ask for that help when you clearly saw it wasn't working? right? That grieving wasn't lurk, working um, and you needed some kind of professional outlet. Why, what yeah. took you so long? And what was, the, what was the change that pushed you to say, hey, let's go get some counseling? That, that's a good question. Um, I'm not really sure that I have an answer. I just, I don't know. I, I think that in my community, I didn't really see people, you know, going to counseling um, and maybe... I felt like I was handling it, you know, the best I could. Um, maybe that's the reason. I think that's a good reason that you just said uh, that's very common. It's sometimes we think it's the only way we have. Yeah. Right. And we don't even know there's an alternative that if we ask for help, God will bring us help. Yeah. And sometimes we're like, oh, I'm just meant to deal with this on my own or just with my husband. Right. And, and we just do that. Um, but meanwhile, there's so much more God wants to give us to set us free from that. So well done. That's I want to say that to you. Well done. I acknowledge you for 
uh, going outside of yourself and seeking help. And to hear that it was beneficial to you is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so cool. All right. Let's speak about God. Let's bring God into this because it's one thing to go to our spouse with our grief and loss. It's another thing to go to counseling for our grief and loss. And then it's a third thing entirely to go to God with our grief and loss. Now, some of us, I think, even as good Christians, we hesitate in bringing all of it to him, like showing him the ugly, having the, the real, raw, ugly conversation with God, like the, God, why did you take my baby? Right. What is your plan in that? Like getting real, raw. Speak to us about that. How did that conversation with God go? You know, I think that when you, a lot of people, if you grew up Christian, oftentimes you'll hear, you don't question God, right? Um, and then you th- that you've been taught the story of Job and how, you know, God kind of told Job off, right? So then you learn your lesson, like you don't ask God questions. And so um, when you're going through life um, and you have these questions, what are you supposed to do with it? You know, and I, I just find that in those wrestlings, those times where I'm like, Uh, desperate or screaming, you know, like, why did this happen? I needed to know that, you know, he didn't leave me, that he was right there with me the whole time, you know? Um, And in this journey, I have uh, become more acquainted with him as being my friend. You know, I know that God has a lot of different roles. um, And for some people, they may, they may not be able to relate to God as a father because maybe their father wasn't there or their father was not a good one or, you know, various reasons. And so um, knowing that God is a friend, you know, lets me, gives me the, the latitude to be able to say, you know what, this really sucks. I'm like not, you know, happy that this happened or, you know, why does this have to be me, you know, and being able to truly have a real conversation you know, because I believe God wants us to go deeper in him, to get to know him. And he desires the same thing. It says that when we draw close to God, he'll draw close to us. And so um, if we see him as a distant father, then you really can't relate. You can't, you don't really want to draw closer. You just understand that he's going to punish you. And he's going to get you, you know? Mm. And so um, I've been able to experience God's grace through this relationship. Mm. That's really powerful. I like the way you articulated that. And as you're saying it, uh, I was picturing the prodigal son uh, parable of the son had to get up, come back to his senses, and then travel home. And then God met him, right? The father came running to him, but the father didn't run all the way out to the darkness, to the, the country where he was doing all his debauchery. He waited for the son to come to his senses and to reach out for the father. Um, But then he he came to him and he meets us. I really like that you brought that there. And And, he celebrates too, right? And he he celebrates our homecoming. Right. And and to think like France Meese, Joseph, are you saying right now that like there's going to be a celebration even as I'm grieving? Well, I don't know. Is there? What do you want to say to that, France Meese? (laughs) I don't know that there's necessarily a celebration in the sense of like, maybe in the, the sense that sometimes you may turn away in your anger. And then when you come back to yourself, you know, kind of like the prodigal son, then 
Um, he's like, you know what? I was here all the time. I understand. I'm bringing out my best for you. I'm welcoming, welcoming you. You know, he's not petty like we are, you know, maybe in that sense, you know, mm. God is celebrating our return to him because sometimes you, you may still go on and go to church and do the things you were doing for, for God, but, uh, in your heart, you've departed, you know? Mm. And so I think that's, that's one thing that we have to, I mean, the Bible talks about how our heart can be deceptive, you know, just being able to be real in that place. You know, this is where you really are, you know, who you really are is in your heart, you know, and that's where your life comes from. That's where everything comes from. So I recognize I'm not perfect. Sometimes it's ugly in there, you know, and so uh, you might not be able to see those times when I've turned away or, you know, but God knows what's going on inside. I think you painted a really good picture there of sometimes we'll go through the motions with our actions of serving God, but meanwhile, our heart is closed off to him, at least that really deep wounded place in our heart where we're grieving or, or lost someone or something. And, you know, my wife said it to me recently. She's like, Joseph, like, before I met you, I never knew. And she was raised Southern Baptist and a good family. And she's like, before I met you, I never knew that we could go to God and question mm-hmm. and have real talk with him. Yeah. And like share the ugly things we're feeling because sometimes feelings are ugly. Yeah. That's right. Weird. They get this downright is- foul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And God is a loving father who wants us to bring everything to him, That's not just right. our celebrations and victories and wins, but our losses, our hurts, our pain, our ugly yeah. Because that comes with humanity. It's both. That's true. Yeah. So, man, that's so good. Um, How did your husband go through this? How were you able to support him in his grief and loss with Um, your two daughters? We we actually went to counseling together. And um, I mean, sometimes there's tears, you know. And so whether it's just holding each other or, you know, uh, affirming God, you know, affirming what the word says about us as believers. And, um, you know, I think I don't, I wouldn't say that his process was similar, but, uh, you know, just having to, to tackle what you really believe about God, because when you lose, when you lose someone, especially someone like a daughter or daughters, you know, you really wrestle with the question of whether God is good you know, and I'm still, you know, I believe God is good, but, but I'm still interrogating that, you know, um, in the middle of all this, because it's fresh again, you know, like it's, my daughter just passed away in March. So, uh, in a lot of ways I've been here before, you know? Mm. Yeah. What a good wrestle. And I, I mean that specifically, it's a good wrestle because we're going to do one of two things. We're going to retreat from God in that wrestle, or we're going to draw even deeper into him and rely on him. So we rely on him or we retreat from him. That's the choice in front of us all. So BC nation, I just speak to you in your loss and your grief. Maybe you're experiencing that right now in your own life, or maybe you're the person that someone is leaning on right now in their grief and their loss. How do you show up? Uh, for that person. And so many times we don't want to be around grief and loss. Isn't that true? That's true. Yeah. Right? It's just sad. It's, it's yucky. Very, it's, it's a taboo. It's a taboo topic. 
Yeah. So we kind of like, oh, sorry, that's happening to you. I, you know, that's really, Oof, I hope it doesn't come to me. Right. Right. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. it's contagious. Yeah. That's I gotta how I felt. Get it. I've, I've experienced that. I've experienced that where people acted like it was contagious or they're knocking on wood <laughs> so that it doesn't come to them. Or I can't imagine, you know, I don't know what I would do. You know, those kinds of things that make you feel kind of isolated and alone. Yeah. Mm. We've been there. You know, so many times I think uh, in our grief and loss, we're really seeking strength for ourselves just to keep standing or to get back up, right? And we just don't right. feel like it. We feel collapsed on the inside. Right. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy mm. of the Lord is my strength. Where have you really uh, wrestled with bringing joy or experiencing joy um, in your grieving? which is a complete contradiction to the world, right? Because imagine like France Meese and her, her husband show up joyful at Sunday service when they just lost their daughter. Right. Speak to us about that. Um, so I think that uh, with joy, you know, there's another scripture that says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I think joy gives you hope you know, that, that there's a, a morning time coming um, and that you'll get strength. One thing I do know is that God has carried us. You know, there are times where I didn't know that I could make it. I, might, I didn't even want to get out of bed, you know, and here, here I am, you know. Um, and just because you're going through grief doesn't mean that other people are going to stop leaning on you or calling on you to pray for them, or especially when you're in ministry, right? So, mm. um I've found joy in exploring beauty. I've found joy in my two living children. You know, just, I know when Amira passed away, I didn't have any more children. And so the, the house was quiet, you know, Mother's mm. Day came, you know, people, they, I guess they didn't know what to say, but they would say happy Mother's Day. But although I know that I, I mothered her, not having a child in the home, it, it was just kind of a strange time. But, um, you know, this time with my other two children, just listening to their laughter, you know, and the fact is that we've been able to be together as a family and um, grieve together, you know, mm. um, and I'm able to keep my eyes on them and see how they're, they're doing, you know, um, and a lot of children, they haven't gone through this. So when, when my daughter Kellen passed away, my son went to school. I sent him to school the next day. Um, I mean, hey, some people might have an issue with that, but I didn't want to mess up his routine. You know, they were already in shock. And, and so when he went to school, he actually said in his class that um, his, his sister passed away. And the kids were like, you're lying, you're lying. You know, because the truth is that children don't understand this unless it, it hits home, you know, so. So that's kind of heartbreaking that they've gone through that. Yeah. But um, sometimes it's in, in, in songs and in worship or just being, you know, um, that joy that arises in, from your heart, you know, um, that can make me smile or not look like what I feel on the inside or, you know, not in a fake way, but just that, you know, this is really who I am. And yes, all those things, are, you know, I did not want any of my daughters to pass away. You know, I didn't want to miscarry. Maybe I didn't want to lose whatever friendship or whatever. But the fact is that it happened. And so, you know, I'm just kind of picking up the pieces as best as I can, but really 
you know, allowing God to help put me back together. Mm. So much richness in what you just shared. And I want to acknowledge you for keeping the stability in your son's life uh, after he lost his sister. I think that was a very prudent parent move. (laughs) The last thing you want to do is take out the bottom of the foundation, Mm. whatever foundation that child has left, right? So you Mm. kept that foundation, that routine going, that helps a kid to kind of process. Um, I did want to ask this, and then we'll wrap up uh, the show here. The Bible speaks about communion of saints. Mm. And I know this is a very misinterpreted topic, uh, depending on which denomination we're raised in or, or in, find ourselves in. And, and it's, I think it's a gift from God that because we are spiritual beings made in the image and likeness of God, we're spiritual, right, in this fleshy existence and it's temporary and then we go to be with him forever um but like your daughters they went to be with him forever innocent girls the bible speaks about we can communicate still with them because we're spiritual they're spiritual and sometimes when we leave this physical existence we forget that we forget that we can still communicate with them have you been able to uh speak with your daughters um in, in the kingdom, right? And say, hey, I'll be with you soon. All's good. And <laughs> just speak to that for a moment, if you will, um, if that's comfortable for you. That is that is interesting what you said. And I, I think I have to like think about that. Um, uh, but I mean, in the sense of like journaling, you know, I'll write, I've write, written letters, you know, to them in, in the sense of that, um, you know, and maybe when at the funeral, you know, saying goodbye and and every year we go and put, you know, flowers or that kind of thing. Um, I just, I don't know, still, still interrogating what this all means, you know. Um, and I do believe that they are with the Lord, you know. But sometimes yeah. you can be a little jealous, right? It's like, well, why couldn't they be with me? You know, like, why did... Why? Well, they you know, belong so to many, God first. There's so many questions, you know, there's yeah. so many questions that pop up, you know, but um, really, I have yeah. to trust that they're with the Lord. And, and in some ways that gives me comfort. For sure. I invite yeah. you just to sit with that um, for whatever God wants to bring out of that, that is it possible? And I don't want to get into theology with my listeners and all that stuff. We all come with different theology baggage, um, but is it possible for us to speak with those who have passed on? Not in a woo-woo kind of way. It's We're headed into Halloween now, so we're not talking in that <laughs> kind of way, okay? But in a beautiful, God-given gift kind of way that we can still speak with those that have gone on before us and that we soon will be with them. And that just because we lost them physically doesn't mean that spiritually we're disconnected from them. Mm-hmm. And that we can actually speak to them as, you know, a communion of saints, a body of Christ. Um, and, and really, uh, what an extra gift of processing our loss and our grief. Um, mm-hmm. That, yes, the physical has been separated or ripped away, but the, the spiritual is still very real and very present. So just something to sit with if you like. Um, and I'd like to invite you, uh, welcome you to my favorite part of the show. Uh, France Meese, welcome to the confession round. Okay. Uh, this, this is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink <laughs> it. It's just for fun. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. 
I'm ready. Okay. Before we go there, BC Nation, you can find Francis Kingsbury at drfkingsbury.com, drfkingsbury.com. She has done an amazing uh, job just being so transparent, vulnerable, real, with such a raw uh, experience in her own life of losing two of her daughters um, and having them go on ahead of her and kind of like, God, why'd you take them? I want them back. They're mine. When in fact, God's like, no, actually they've been mine the whole time, my dear, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes that's really difficult, but here she is just doing this human experience with us, including us, you and I in that conversation. So I acknowledge her for that. And if you want to get in touch with her, reach out to her. Uh, maybe it's just, you know, for a comforting word, Uh, through her grief and loss, or maybe it's to say, hey, here's what I'm going through. Thank you so much for speaking to that. You open this up for me, France Mies. So if you'd like to do that, uh, feel free to email me or email her directly. My email is joseph at josephwarren.net. I'd be happy to pass that on to her. France Mies, welcome again to the confession round. What is your favorite thing about God? (sighs) That he is right there with me. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about God? That he has all the control. Yes. <laughs> I love that you spoke to that. Because grief and loss is a loss of control. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's the whole thing. And we do not like not being in control. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? Not um, accomplishing all that God wants me to do. Yeah. You said, you said most afraid of least. Most afraid of. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, Obviously you shared that big struggle you're going through, right? Grief and loss. Are there any other struggles professionally or personally that you're going through right now that. Um, I think uh, not being a stay at home mom and versus going into my career, you know, that, that is a struggle sometimes. Yeah, especially if you're a driven type individual like us. (laughs) What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Caring about what other people thought. And now? Embracing who I am and knowing that I'm beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, girl. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, That they won't love me for who I really am. Yeah which kind of piggybacks the last one, right? Yeah. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Um, that he is loving and kind and um, nothing can, can turn, you know, the, his love away from me. Yeah. Or nothing I can do can turn his love. You know, I can't do anything to mess that up. <laughs> BC Nation, that means you can go to God with your ugliest things you got to say. And his shoulders are big enough to hear it. That's right. You can't break God. That's right. You can't. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's what makes him God. And, and right. like you said, France, me, sometimes we don't think we, we can bring that to him because somehow God's too fragile that's or right. he's going to he discipline us or yeah. he can't, he can't handle this pain I'm going through, which is pretty much saying I'm stronger than God. Look at what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. pride, isn't it? Yeah. What's a new habit that you want to create in your life? Um, writing every day (laughs) for at least an hour. That would be a really great habit. (laughs) That's so cool. Just so you know, um, and I like, I'm doing two hours a day right now. I was challenged by, um, Mark Victor Hansen, um, chicken soup for the soul author. Yeah. 
um, on, he was on the show a few weeks back and, and he challenged me personally, right? Right. Two hours a day, let's go. And, uh, I've missed several days, right? So I just want to be <laughs> transparent about that, but I've consistently been doing two hours and I didn't know I can, and it's a new muscle, right? So it gets easier yeah. as you practice it. So I That's invite awesome. you take the challenge with me, girl, like get two in it two <laughs> hours, right? And my wife committed to one hour a day Okay, Good. and she's been doing it. So yeah. Girl, let's get let's go. I can do it. I can you do can it. do it. BC Nation, if there's a book in you, Mark Victor Hansen believes there's a book in you. He wrote a book called There's a Book in You. Mm. Uh, so if you believe there is, I challenge you. France Meese challenges you and accepts the challenge. <laughs> one hour a day, write one hour a day. What do you write about? Just write, just let your pen go. Yeah. Just write. And that's how it gets a little easier. Uh, what's a bad habit you want to break in your life? Uh, I think, um, picking myself apart. Yeah. The world or already being does that. Critical. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Stop. Critical. I give you permission. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. I am beautiful, loving, and gracious. Mm. Awesome. Pick three words to describe who you were before. You experienced God in a real relational father, uh, friendship type of way. Um, I was unforgiving. I was uh, maybe prideful um, and angry. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I get that. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your kids in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice. What would you say to them? I would say, um, get, I guess get saved so you can be where I am, you know, get to know God and, and live your life for him. Awesome. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about bringing their grief and loss to God? That there's no real right, I guess, right or wrong way to grieve. Um, but just focus on a moment at a time. Just try not to overwhelm yourself with the magnitude of the loss if you can. But if, if you just focus on a breath at a time, you know, then that breath will become moments at a time, you know, hour and so on and so forth, but just chew on a little bit at a time. Mm, good advice. France Meese, how does BC Nation get in touch with you if they so choose? So um, I have a Facebook page called Dr. France Meese Kingsbury. Um, so that's one way. Um, my email address is fskingsb at gmail.com um, and just reference this podcast so I know <laughs> where you're coming from. Um, and then there's also on my Dr. F Kingsbury page, um, there's a contact page on there too. Very cool. And if, uh, BC nation wants to get a copy of your poetry book or something else that you're offering, what do you got? Um, the book is called Rem uh, Royal Purple Tears, Remembering My Princess. It's sold on Amazon. I think you can get it from Barnes and Noble too, but just do a search on Amazon and you'll be able to find it. Fantastic. France Meese, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your thank life. Thank you. Thank you. 
BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.